Welcome to the Unapologetic Experience. I'm your host, Jarius, the Unapologetic Geek. And today I got a guest uh, here with me from our sister podcast, Off Topic, Leslie. Leslie, tell them what's up. What's going on, everybody? How's everybody doing today? Hope everybody's well. You ready to get into the sports, my brother? Man, hell yeah. You know, sports is my thing, right? (laughs) All right, so just a quick rundown. We're going to talk get into uh, Antonio Brown and his trade to the Raiders, which... To me, I just spoiled it ahead of time. I think it's going to be a disaster. Uh, after that, we'll talk Uh-oh. about, we'll have a little NBA talk. We're definitely going to talk about Russell Westbrook and his woes and the things that are going on with him. Uh, but first, man, I got to ask, what the fuck are the New York Giants doing? Like, straight up. Oh, man, they're tanking. Like, they're Gotta tanking. They're, this, is, this is the fair world farewell tour for Eli and then after that they're just going to go all in on on just rebuilding man which is kind of weird considering that they drafted Shaquan Barkley last year and you know running backs usually have a very short shelf life and and so his prime is like right now within these next you know I would say you know five to six years and so for them to just go all in with tanking seems to be a little bit weird to me considering that if you need a new quarterback right so mm-hmm. you're going to assume assuming i assume get a quarterback through the draft and that means that that quarterback would be cheap and that's when you pay the receivers and the running backs and everybody else on the team so you can go all in with winning right but that's not what they're doing and they traded i mean probably what the most dynamic receiver in the league easily the best playmaker Hands down, it's easily okay. their best playmaker. And it's, it's one of those things where, okay, why draft Saquon if you're going to do this? Like, did you really have that much faith in Eli that you thought that you could get him in, in what appears to be an incredible running back and he would just turn it around all of a sudden, he'd just make the necessary throws that he's supposed to make? Uh, it, what was the plan there? You had a quarterback, you had several quarterbacks you could have drafted from, from um sure what's his name sam darnold or sam yeah sam darnold mm-hmm. and uh, yeah sam darnold and Jay, it was know. like four quarterbacks yeah, yeah. and then and you had baker mayfield was the only one because um of course cleveland went 0 and 16 so there's no way they didn't have the number one overall draft pick uh but right. it was it's just one of those things where you look at it and you're like what was the point what was the point and now you have right you basically left saquon barkley he kind of has to play another year with Eli Manning unless they just do something crazy and trade up to get uh, another quarterback in the draft who I think is going to be, what's his name, Barrett from, uh, from not Barrett. Yeah, Barrett from, uh, yeah, Barrett uh, from, from Murray uh, or Barrett from Ohio State. Yeah, yeah, from Ohio State. That's who I'm thinking that they're going to try and, and go after uh, because mm-hmm. Murray is definitely um, going to, what is that, uh, the Cardinals. The Cardinals got The Cardinals, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. He's definitely they, going the over Cardinals there. are going to try to try to trade that number one or, or draft him or do something with the number one pick to where they'll, yeah. they'll try to do that. Oh, um, or I guess Rosen. Rosen is the guy who would be traded for. And, I, and I'm assuming the Cardinals would probably get like a couple of picks from him. Yeah. And if, if I'm not mistaken, him. I think they've already made the decision to move away from him. And he started deleting all their mentions off of his Instagram and all that kind of stuff. It was something Bruh, really Which is on. weird to me because like that team was a fucking, it was a disaster, man. They were, they and, were. No quarter, no rookie quarterback could have succeeded on that team. Yeah, yeah, it's, no it's, rookie quarterback. 
it's like moving blame. Like, yeah, it couldn't have been us. No, nah, it was the fucking organization. <laughs> no doubt about right. that. It was definitely the fucking organization. Uh, but yeah, but you see, like, wait, like, but you also see the dichotomy between like the Browns and the Giants, right? Because the Browns are doing the exact opposite. Yeah. They drafted a quarterback number one, and then they picked up the guy Chubbs from Georgia. That was crazy. in the um, right, and so he's he's turned out to be a stud. Now, so so, so they got Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. Chubbs. They got freaking Odell Beckham, yep. Baker Mayfield, Jarvis. Le- Bruh, the Browns have literally transformed their team. I mean, it, and it's been, and they are now what probably one of the legit favorites in yes. the AFC. Yeah, and they're definitely the favorite in the AFC North right now, and that's just on oh. paper. We got to still play the games, but on paper, they're the favorites in the AFC North right now, and it's like what a time to be alive, right? <laughs> what a time to be alive. I've grown up. I've grown up roasting the Cleveland Browns. One of my good friends, he and I every year have a Browns joke. Ever since we were in high school, we just go back to the Cleveland Browns. We'll start off the season saying, oh, this is their year or whatever. And last year was the first time we couldn't roast them. Like they, they legit look like they're heading and they're trending in, a, in the right direction. On paper, the only two places where I have some concern, because even that tight end with Njoku, Mm-hmm. Who sounds like he came from fucking Wakanda? They look good. <laughs> it fucking looks like it. Yeah, he looks like it too. Yeah, they look good. Only two places. If Baker Mayfield has a sophomore slump, they can forget it. Mm-hmm. And their yeah. coach. Yes, he's a, he, yes. If I'm not mistaken, Wait, he's the same. Are they still coach. keeping? Yeah. Are you still? Are you still keeping Gary Williams? Yes, I believe. Oh so. shit. Yeah, oh. but it's yeah because he was the interim coach, right? Correct. Yeah, he was an interim coach. And he's like young. Uh not nah, you know, no, wait a minute. Damn. Because the interim coach was, I thought the guy Gary was the defensive coordinator from the the bounty gate with the Saints. I thought that was yeah, the interim Gary coach. Williams, I don't know whether or not they got it. Because I remember a situation where the um where the interim coach was saying that he wanted like the main spot or one of their interim coaches that or choices rather. He mm-hmm. wanted the main spot, and they told him, no, nah, we're not. It's Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens is now the coach. Uh, okay, so Greg, yeah. I'm sorry. And his name, Greg Williams was the interim coach. Right. Uh, and then, okay, so Freddie Kitchens got, yeah, I, I see it. He's, he's Freddie Kitchens, Freddie Kitchens, like, this is basically a clean slate, like a fresh start for him. I'm not even going to say a clean slate. It's a fresh start. He's green from what we know about him. Mm-hmm. Those two places are the only places where I could see them completely failing. Now, they're going to win games, period. The talent alone warrants that they'll win games. Baker Mayfield, I wasn't, you know, 100% impressed. Like, I wasn't seeing a next great Drew Brees or, or a superstar or Tom Brady or anything like that. I wasn't seeing that with him when I watched him, but I saw that he can get the ball where the hell it's supposed to go. Yeah. And he oh, can yeah. lead a team. That team... One of the more uh, remarkable marks I have in his favor is his guys play for him. That final game against Baltimore where they tried to uh, keep, you know, spoil the Baltimore Ravens season, mm-hmm. the way they played against Baltimore, man, he he had that team ready to go. And that's something that that's one of those intangibles that I guess they grade in those bullshit uh, NFL draft stories or whatever. Mm-hmm. They got it right with him. Other than that, I think they're going to – I can see them winning 11 or 12 games. If it, if they're as good on paper 
you know, as they are on paper in real life, I can see them winning 12 games. Even if they're not that good, I can see them at least going 9-7. and seven. Yeah, man. Like, their margin of error is just, like, ridiculous right now. Because they, they're, they're deep, like, everywhere in the skills positions. We haven't like, even talked deep. about the defense. Their defense is yeah, oh, I mean, shit. And they've been yeah. having all these draft picks for the last freaking five years. Yeah, so I, guess you, I guess you could <laughs> assemble the Avengers at that point, right? But, right. But it's it's I'm, out of all the teams, I never thought I'd say this. Out of all the teams I'm looking forward to seeing play, the Cleveland Browns are at my top. Bro, I can, you see imagine, can you imagine fantasy draft next year? <laughs> it's going to be ridiculous. Like, I mean, it's going to be like people are going to be rushing the draft. Can you believe that? Like we're living in an age to where, because I've been playing fantasy football for, I mean, almost a decade now. I and think so, I made a decade last year. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And so, <laughs> and so, you know, and it's crazy, too. And I think maybe we could sort of even do a little segue because because this NFL free agency has, has been almost like an NBA free agency, right? Yes. So where it's so many moving pieces, so many moving parts. And so I know that for the last five or six years, I've always relied on the Steelers um, skill guys. Right. And so yeah. with them basically trading their t- the two top guys who have gotten me multiple fantasy championships. The Levon, um, and Le'Veon Bell, Bell like, and, I guess, and Antonio Brown. Let him walk and, and Antonio Brown. Like, are the Steelers doing a little slight tank as well? I don't think opinion? so. Because Juju oh. can still ball, man. Juju can still ball. Juju can still ball. He wide receiver one now. They're going to draft another complimentary receiver for him, and I think they're going to be fine. Man, like, you know what, though? And they can draft. Yeah, they, exactly. They, draft yeah they they are they're a good organization that's the biggest thing they got going in their favor and we've already seen with james connor they they're cool they're running back mm-hmm. they're gonna be straight yeah. uh sure. i think the main thing they need to focus on is probably going to be their defense but as far as the offensive side of the ball i think they're still going to be fine they're my pick that went to afc north if the cleveland browns just don't run away with it mm-hmm. so that makes sense. yeah 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 and, and we didn't even get to Le'Veon Bell walking away is he getting less? Yes. Dude. <laughs> this has to be the worst. <laughs> the worst sit out in freaking NFL. Like, I can't I can't even recall another player getting significantly less than what he would have gotten if you if he would have one even took uh, the long term deal that the Steelers originally offered him or just did the um uh the franchise tag. Yeah. Doing every year, yeah. I, I, I looked at that and when I got into the to the numbers or whatever. Yeah, the numbers kind of look good. Like he has a lot of guaranteed money. At the same time, I'm like, dude, that's you would have made more just really sticking around and playing for the Steelers. Which leads me to believe it was deeper than just money. It, it, it had to be right. He's quieter than Antonio Brown, so we'll never know how he felt about being Roethlisberger. I think both of them had issues with Big Ben. Yeah, and, and how had, the team centered around Big Ben, yeah. even though Big Ben was, I mean, you know, I mean, calling him far from a poster child is fun of people far from a poster child. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? Like, I mean, he has two rape charges. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, something that he always gets a pass for. Like, nobody wants to talk about it. Well, you know what? Yeah. I'll, I'll take that back. People talk about it. It's the people on TV that never talk about it. Sure. But then on top of that, what their general manager said, about the fifty-two kids, Ben Roethlisberger has to yeah, manage. Yeah, that was that kids. was that was a problem. That was wow. very problematic. And when I didn't blame any uh, Antonio Brown for anything he said after he 
you know, saw that and he spoke about it on the shop. Hey, you calling me a kid? No, it wasn't a shop. That was uh, the ESPN. Yeah, that was Yeah, he's like, you calling me a kid. Like, look here, man. Antonio Brown has been something everywhere lately. So. Right. He <laughs> didn't let us know exactly. This man went from... This man went from uh from ESPN interviews. He did the shop with uh LeBron James, and then he was on the Mad Singer, which was random as hell. <laughs> so he just been out yes, here. He was. He was on the Mad yeah, he was on the Mad Singer, and yeah, and just to get over to him and going to the Raiders, I, <laughs> that's going to be a disaster. Oh yeah, and I'm watching yeah, every that, second of that it. That has that has disaster written all over it. First of all, we're not even sure Derek Carr can still play. And man. not not like health wise, mentally, I'm not sure he can still play, man. That is crazy, man. Considering that he was one of the, I mean, he was like, uh, like coming into the league, you just thought that, oh, this guy's going to be around for 15 years, and he was hot coming out, man. Yeah, he like he was hot. He came in bombing, and then he couldn't get it done with Amari Cooper, and you have now Amari Cooper is a good receiver. One could even argue. You know what? No, no, he's not better than. I almost like he's not better than Antonio Brown. Never mind. <laughs> but, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, wait, hold on. Wait a second. Now, now. Okay, all right. Yes, I don't think he's better than Antonio Brown, but I think he has greater value than Antonio Brown because he's what seven years uh, younger. Yeah, he's seven bigger. years younger, and then he's bigger. Yeah, yeah those are the two things. I think he has right, and he has a little bit more. I think um, um, uh, like deep, uh, uh, like a deep threat. He's a little bit more of a deep threat than I think Antonio Brown is, and so, and so, like I do agree with you, Antonio Brown is better, but uh, you know, he if you were far. to say, hey, yeah, right, exactly, yeah. If you were to say, hey, what's the better asset? I think it's Amari Cooper. Okay, Cooper. that's fair. That's what we're leaving it because I wasn't gonna just say he's he's full all better yeah. than uh, <laughs> yeah. So he couldn't get it done with Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper leaves, he reestablishes his value in the league. And then we have John Gruden, who also referred to as Thanos because he collects picks like he's like they're Infinity Gems. I like that. We get him to finally get uh, Antonio Brown. He got a, a big money name there, mm-hmm. even though he already had one with Khalil Mack that he refused to pay. But hey, they give him oh, man, Raiders disrespected their yeah, They they disrespect him, and they gave Antonio Brown. More money, like more guaranteed money, which of course is a win for him. And it looks like they're going to Las Vegas, and of course they want him to be the face of that. Here's where yes. the disastrous or potential disastrous implications come in. It John Gruden literally sat down a vocal receiver for the rest of the year in Tampa Bay with Keyshawn Johnson. He mm. historically he does not get along with his stars or people who, you know, think that they're stars while under his, you know, coaching guidance. He doesn't get along with those people. He's one of those my way or the highway type dudes or whatever. And quite frankly, and I'm not trying to say that he's racist, but he's done some shit that makes you think, how do you really feel about black people, man? <laughs> like he That's said some things. He said some things like I remember, I'll never forget this, that uh that damn John Gruden QB camp thing that he does. And I always notice, man, like with some of the white quarterbacks, he acted a certain way. Even the ones that he was, you know, kind of getting on hard, 
he acts a certain way. But the biggest indictment against him, as far as what I was saying, was how he praised Tim Tebow and he was saying Tim Tebow was going to be this and that. And then the way he turned around the next year and acted with Cam Newton, that bothered me. I agree with that. I agree. And also and also with him is that he placates a lot to mediocre white quarterbacks. He does. He That's absolutely, what I've noticed. But, but he's won a Super Bowl with a mediocre white quarterback. <laughs> well, because of the black people on defense. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, it is. John Lynch, I guess. Well, you know, like yeah, John Lynch, right? And, yeah. and I just look at him sometimes. He just rubs me the wrong way. I like that whole time when he was away from football. People kept saying, bringing his name up for the high culture jobs and stuff. And I'm like, he won the Super Bowl with Tony. J- and I'm not a, a big proponent of people saying, hey, he won with somebody else's players. But in that situation, in the Les Miles situation, those two guys won with. Um, uh, Tony Dungy's and Nick Saban's players, respect, respectively. Yeah. So I'm looking at what is the big deal, and then he was kind of exposed. They are saying that you know they're painting it out that he's rebuilding. And of course, he was tanking the season and all that kind of stuff. Nah, man, John Gruden really ain't that great. It just is. Nah, he's not. He's not, and he's been sort of. But you know what, though? It's kind of funny because he started off as this young, hot coach and all that shit. Yeah, he was Sean McVay way back. he's still sort of deemed as that, but he's actually old. He old as fuck. (laughs) Right? (laughs) But he looks a little younger. Well, at least he used to look younger. It looks like this past season it sort of put some some age on his ass, finally. But, you know, so... Him having 10 years... yeah, yeah, him having 10 years guaranteed is a problem because that lets him, that gives him leeway to bullshit. And he's taking that leeway, man. He's taking that leeway to the top now. Them getting Antonio Brown was clearly a move to, to you know, just draw some, some attention, to get people excited about them going to Las Vegas. But, man, I cannot wait for Antonio Brown to be wide open and Derek Carr either throw to somebody else or completely miss the throw. And then Antonio Brown go to the sideline to complain to John Gruden and they get into it on camera because it's going to happen. Oh, of course it's going to happen. And when it happens, it's going to be it's like it's going to be all over ESPN and sports. I can't <laughs> like, wait, Because they're going to be talking about it Monday morning. They're going to be like, wow, Antonio Brown just cursed out John Gruden. Right. <laughs> like, and then he's going what's crazy is if he holds out again and he he requests another trade. Everybody's like, hell no, nah, man. But he's looking real TO-ish right now, and that's a dangerous thing. For talented yeah, wait, for talented black also, players, that's a dangerous thing. Also, like, do top wide receivers equate to winning games? Not all the time, though. Yeah, not all the time for me either. Cause That's even, like, I can only think of one time, like Randy, Randy Moss when he went to the Patriots. That but they didn't of, even win. Yeah, right. They didn't win yeah. the Super Bowl. But, you know, even though they probably, you know, looking back at it, I mean, there was some freak plays that happened for the, to, for the Giants to win, including that David Tyrese catch. But as far as just like, I can't think of a time to where like a receiver made that much of an impact. To I where, got one. Okay. Philadelphia Eagles with Dominic McNabb and T.O. Yes, that's the only time I was thinking. The that's moment the only time was... he came, that team became dominant on offense. Right, exactly. Yeah. And even when they lost in the Super Bowl, um, I mean, T.O. was was the only guy who played well. He was the team. only guy who played with it. And, and I love his story about when it was crunch time and it just confirmed that Donovan McNabb is a, is a choke. 
when he was saying that Dumb and Ed was coming and he was having dry heaves and couldn't hardly call the damn play that they were doing on the, the uh, two-minute drill, which, of course, led to Andy Reid uh, and his terrible clock. Man, that's when I really heard he was a, he was terrible at managing the clock was that mm-hmm. Super Bowl because they felt everybody felt like he just blew it at that point. I remember that when they were down yeah. two possessions and they just like just trouting slowly down the field and Donovan yeah. was thinking, um, Andy Reid looked like he wasn't really rushed. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, T.O. was, was on one ankle killing wow. the Patriots. T.O. broke his freaking ankle. Two, in, like in, what, three weeks prior? <laughs> yeah, three three or four weeks. I think they had a, a bye week and then they had to play that the, the game and the conference game yep. in that Super Bowl. You know, yeah. Super Bowl week off. So, so like it was like a month. He yeah, he had up. a month to come back from a broken ankle and play like. And keep in mind, he wasn't even healthy for that game. So if he was healthy, we might be. He might have changed history. Oh, I agree. And Donovan Nav threw him under the bus, man, with all that shit talking about. You know, I, I mean, hated Donovan before. We've won both before without him, so we're fine. I hated Donovan McNabb. That first press conference where they asked him how he felt about T.O. going down, how he felt about their playoff chances, and he said that shit from that moment forward. I was like, yeah, I can't rock with him. I can't rock with him. That man got you the MVP award. Rightfully so. T.O. probably should have won MVP that year. But, you know, it goes to the quarterback. I forgot Donovan McNabb won that year. Yeah, he won that year. I'll never forget that season. That is a travesty. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, I wouldn't be surprised he shows up in that uh, AAF football <laughs> league, which, by the way, Jonathan McZell just randomly got in the other day. Yes. Oh, really? So, wait, yeah. like, like, so he's in now? Yeah, he's in. Because, you know, because he got kicked out for some unknown reason out of Canadian football. Like, no yeah. team can pick him up from Canada. Man, that I dude, that was... I wouldn't be surprised if we find out it was something about cocaine later on or something like that. It has to be. It has to be drug related or violent or something like that. Violence related. It got to be something for them to not only kick you off the team, but say no other team nah, in Canada. You can't come back. <laughs> in Canada, man. Canada, Canada peaceful as fuck. <laughs> they don't want you to come exactly. back, man. Exactly. But anyway, uh, so about the NBA, Russell Westbrook. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Just to catch the <laughs> listeners up in case, you know, you just missed it or whatever. I know it's a lot coming on, coming in. We're getting a lot of information this day and age between politics and and scholarship controversies, which we'll talk about on Off Topic. Don't worry. i get to that. Um, and all this kind of stuff, you know, it's kind of easy to miss things. I mm-hmm. get that. So just to take the listeners back, there was a situation um, in a Utah Jazz game where the the Oklahoma City Thunder were traveling to Utah. Uh, historically speaking, I've heard other players, I believe Chris Paul and James Harden, and a couple other players have said, in Utah, you get a different kind of hate than you do mm. other places. And by mm. different, I mean, a.k.a. racism. You hear some crazy shit. Yeah. Well, everybody know Russ ain't the one. Russ checked the kid not that long ago because – he was close to the kid, and the kid just touched him on his elbow or whatever it was. He checked mm-hmm. the kid and checked his pop, not in a mean way, but he was just saying, hey, you don't want to do that, you know, which he was right. I, it, it just it's one of those things where the messenger kind of gets scrutinized because we know Russ plays in his feelings a lot. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so a video surfaces where you just get Russ's part, and he just looks into the crowd, and he says, I'll fuck you and your wife up. Jeez. And of course, everybody takes, you know, really wants to focus on the wife part. I understand that. But then you hear mm-hmm. what they said. 
And they told him, you know, you should get down on your knees like you used to. Now, I'm not a proponent of uh, domestic violence of men hitting women or anything like that. I understand him saying it to the man. Don't necessarily condone him saying it to the woman, mainly because of the optics. And then, you know, you don't want to get that flustered to where you're just talking like that to anybody. So they they asked Russell Westbrook, about it he goes through the whole spiel and the part that just is classic Russ is when he says if I had a chance to do it all over again I'd do it the exact same way <laughs> because I did not like that shit it was racial and they should it should be you know a situation where the players are protected which I agree with yeah with definitely. all that being said well before I get into you know the next part of Russ uh, what I had to talk about it with Russ. What did you think of that whole situation? How Russ handled it, Bruh, Like race transcends everything in my opinion. Like almost everything, as far as just like when you put throw race into something, everything else, all normal normal behavior, just goes out the window. It does. And for a lot of people, it's I mean, it's rightfully so, especially when you talk about being a black person in America, right? And so when when a fan says that to a player. That, that fan-player relationship, understanding to where the fan can do a little heckling and booze and cheers, all that shit is thrown out the window. Yeah, it's a wrap. Right? <laughs> right, like that that contract, <laughs> that social contract is gone. Yeah, we, we ain't going back, dog. We ain't cool no more. That's it. Exactly. And we're not cool no more. And, and fans need to learn to understand this because mm-hmm. of the fact that, it, I mean, it happens in Utah. You've heard stories in Boston. You know, and Boston, so, oh, my so God. These, right, so these majority white cities with kind of checkered past that have always have, have time and time again shown us true their true colors right which is how they look at black players especially black athletes in you know so i mean so so uh, I, I apply russ yeah I apply russ 100 yeah and like the, the only thing i had like i told you what my only issue with it was but he was absolutely in the right to be as angry as he was and especially when you find out the fan that got banned Deleted tweets. Went back to his uh, to his Twitter and deleted tweets. And then he got on. Um, he had an interview. I can't remember who it was, but I believe they were still at the game. And they asked him about it. And then he, the way he responded, lets you know what he said is what Russ said. He said, like it, it lets you know that he knew he was in the wrong. He knew he shouldn't have gone there uh, with Russ. And he looked worried, like, hey, man, is my job going to be online or something like that? And I, the way I see it, he immediately got in his car and deleted all tweets where he was probably saying something racially mm-hmm. targeting uh, Russell yes. Westbrook. So, yeah, Russ is completely in the right on there. Here's where Russ is completely in the wrong. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, hey, man, there's, there's a good Russ and there's a bad Russ. There's bad. <laughs> Look, I mean, we got, we got you know, cool Russ uh, that's passionate about the game, and then we got the other Russ that just – I don't know, man. The, the other Russ is emotionally volatile. It's kind of like his shooting. Yes. Perfectly said. Perfectly said. I, at one point, he's a scoring machine, and then the next point, he's he's 2 of 16 from the field and only scoring seven points. And last night is the game that I just gave you the stat line for. So he goes up for a shot. Clay Thompson it may have gotten a piece of his hand, but it wasn't, you know, enough to where he, where Russ should have reacted the way he reacted. And by reacted, what Russ did was he charged at uh, Clay Thompson, 
and went in with his shoulder and pushed him. And Clay just walks away. And the ref, you know, calls the technical on uh, Russ, and Russ starts arguing with the ref like the ref missed some kind of blatant call or something like that. Now, we know the history between Russell Westbrook and and, um, the Golden State Warriors and how he feels about, you know, Kevin Durant leaving them or whatever. The snake. At some point, man, you got to keep your emotions in check. I agree. You have to, man. Like, you got kids looking at you, and Russ is one of the realest dudes in in the NBA, period. I give him that. But it's it's I'm not gonna say he needs to go to counseling or something like that, but hell, maybe he does need to go to counseling, man, because it's it's always a situation, even more so this year than prior years, where Russ has kind of just lashed out and acted out, and you're looking at him like, dude, you look kind of kind of foolish right now. Like, look, man, I, yeah, it, yeah, but like what I was also about to say is that low key, I don't know if people know this, Clay Thompson like practices boxing. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, he, he he does something with boxing and the Warriors are always talking about how like Clay Thompson low key is the dude not to be trifled. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> he kind of carries himself like that. I can he, see he, that. He now. does, right? He always sort of has his fists a little balled up and he walks a little awkward. But I mean, it, so he looks kind of on the outside, you know what I'm saying? Looks kind of squarish and he, and, he, and, he, and he seems to be that way. Yeah. But according to the Warriors, players and personnel is that not only one clay's probably the funniest guy on the team yeah but he but he can also whoop somebody's ass <laughs> I, now i want to see that not in the palace of armor hill situation but i want him to just be like all right man get fucked up Wes. just yeah. just get out right. of my face bro right, exactly. walk away <laughs> right 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 let's go you know what i'm saying like i would just walk away and so and so anyway but like you know but with russ's personality man like he's just he He's naturally volatile, and and so, and so, it, you know, so he always wears his emotions on his sleeve, which can be a good thing. But I mean, man, you got to check, like, bro, you're, you're a veteran, man. You're a veteran in this league. You got to check yourself not only about that, but also how you are affecting your team, both yeah. on the court and their in their own like mental stability, because. I mean, fuck, man. Like, for you to shoot that many shots and keep missing, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. like and, you are I, not Kobe. <laughs> I think that's part of I think that's part of why he seems a little more angry this season. Like, he's frustrated with shooting. I, I've seen shooters go into a slump. Hell, Clay Thompson went into a bad slump not that long ago. Yeah. And, you know, you just got to shoot your way out of it, and I get that. But at the same time, Russ has never been a great shooter. And I think in his mind he thinks he – was or is and then not only i mean you can compound that with with kd looking like he's about to get his third ring right right at the end yeah. of the day we got a different russ after kd left him yeah we did i mean his well his usage rate went scott like when he won that mvp season when he averaged a triple double the first time yeah you know his usage rate went like to the point where it was just i mean ball hogging he left <laughs> all <laughs> he left like two blocks ago, <laughs> he already passed. You know what I'm saying? So his usage rate was ridiculous. And and so, I, you know, but that's him, though. And the team sort of said, okay, well, well, Russ, you know, we know how Russ is. We know that he's They've an valuable member of the team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they enabled him. He's exactly right. Exactly right. And they've enabled him from when KD was there. They've just – and now yeah. they're being saved by Paul George so far. 
But at what point during the playoffs does Russ try to turn back into that old Russ? Because they have a team that over the span of seven games, I'm not saying they will, but I, I'm saying that I could see them actually beating Golden State if they if they just play as a unit and recognize yes. that Paul George is the man. Exactly. But that, I mean, but that all depends on shit. That's one of the reasons why KD left. Because yeah, Russ, exactly. like, because of the way Russ plays basketball. And that's and coming, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, that's coming from someone who hates KD yes, and hates hate the it. fact that KD <laughs> left. <laughs> well, I hate that KD left to the left yeah. Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Like, I really don't blame him for leaving. I just didn't want him to go to the fucking Warriors. But <laughs> you see why he left, though. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, every like, every Russ, time, every year you see and you understand, yeah. Just like, oh, you, have you heard Stephen Adams talked about what they call the Russ rule, where they can't even talk to their friends on other teams when they're playing against them? Because Russ apparently loses his mind. Hey, chill out, man. I, I'm all I'm all for the spirit of competition, but relax, man. Yeah, and also you, I'm a grown ass man. Don't tell me who. Yeah, I don't tell me who I can't. <laughs> We're not in a clubhouse or anything like that. But before we wrap this up and I get you out of here, man, Lakers lost to the Knicks today, man. How you feel? Oh, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Bruh, you know what, man? I've, I've buried LeBron in this season. <laughs> I'm not having. I'm, I'm not about to <laughs> redig him up so I can go bury him again. You know, but I did see where he was blocked on the last shot. On the last shot, to hit the game. So that's just. I mean, bruh. They have I mean, to be taken you know, too, man, right? LeBron. Yeah, I think it's a mixture of taking. Maybe LeBron is 34 years old and is finally sort of coming to. You know he's he's turning thirty five this year. I mean, like yeah. I don't know. I think it, it, it may be a mixture of all things. But LeBron don't give that. He had the grown man age. You don't give a damn no more. It's just like that video where he threw the ball at the camera equipment. Yeah, yeah. He just he just don't give a damn. He's no starting more. to get into like the see now old man stage. Oh, uh, he grumpy. He grumpy as fuck <laughs> now, man. He is very much grumpy. But yeah, I, I I'm kind of ready for the Lakers season to be mercifully over. So we can focus yeah, on I the good. Yeah, I can focus on the good basketball storylines that are going on. Thank you, dog. Like yeah. I really want to. I'm really interested in these playoffs, especially in the yeah. East. Like it's there's wide some open legit teams in the Eastern Conference who can give the Warriors a run for their money in the finals. Yeah, and I can't. I yeah. can't wait to see it. But we just got to get past the the LeBron thing. And I hope he goes on TV. Like I saw where uh, uh, Charles Barkley invited him to come. And talk oh, with them. Oh, yeah. That will be dope. Yeah. That will be dope for him like, to be on TNT for like a couple of segments. You know, yeah. you know, especially when the, when the finals and the conference finals start kicking off. That will be super dope. And you'll, like get a, you'll get a you'll get a good look into their basketball mind that we've heard so much about. But we we see in, in spurts, <laughs> but we hadn't seen them just sit down and actually talk basketball, which I would really like. That's a good it. point. Yeah. That's a great point, Jay. Yeah, and, and you know, we didn't get that from Kobe Bryant until a similar situation. You remember when they invited uh, Kobe to yeah. come when he missed the playoffs that time? And then you really saw, hey, this dude could get into the TV and be great. Of course, yeah. I mean, you know, if they, we've always said that if one, th- I mean, Kobe would be would be prime for like a basketball podcast, but nice. not only basketball, but doing other stuff. Like he can, I mean, hell, he can even do it to where he can do multiple podcasts in multiple languages. You know, yeah, that guy's oh that's that dude. He 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 out here. Anyway, 
Where can they I find it? For, for one, I also can't believe I said something negative about LeBron on this podcast and something positive about Kobe. Dude, we turn. We, look, we breaking the we breaking the mold, man. We're breaking the mold. We're making people go against the grain, even if it's going against themselves. That's what we all about here. But anyway, Leslie, where can we find you, bro? Hey, man, Black Excellence and Ignorance. Y'all, y'all know what it is, and um, you know we're doing our off-topic podcast. Other than that, oh, and also Black with No Chaser. Um, Facebook page and Instagram. You can find me and some of the content that I distribute on there as well. And um, yeah, that's it. All right. And uh, like always, you can follow me at the underscore unapologetic underscore geek. You can also follow me on Facebook at the Unapologetic Geek page. Uh, I don't know what's coming up for the next episode. I just know I got more guests coming in. I got a lot of stuff I'm excited about. Also, as far as the music is concerned, shout out to Dunchy Did It. For being the maestro of my madness, bro. I appreciate it. Well, until next time, I'm Jarius on Apologetic Geek, and I am out. Peace. In a day, 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 in a day,